Hello everyone, it's Sherry Swensk. I've got a very timely podcast topic and it's about coronavirus. We're talking about this topic that's been introduced into our vocabulary here in the last few weeks that a lot of us had never heard of before. We're all in crisis mode learning how to navigate through this unknown territory of COVID-19. And as it spreads and more cases are now being identified here in the U.S. and around the world, the statistics are clear that those who are most at risk are the elderly and those with underlying health and respiratory conditions. So the key is not to panic, but to take the pandemic seriously. And for caregivers of seniors with dementia or Alzheimer's who either live in your home or may be isolated in their own homes now, what do we do? I'm talking with Jeffrey Klein, president and CEO of Nevada Senior Services in Las Vegas, Nevada, for his expertise today. Let's just give a quick quick uh, recap and uh, description of what Nevada Senior Services does normally to serve the senior population for daycare, respite care, et cetera. Uh, essentially, we're committed to kind of filling the holes in the uh, community system uh, so in a manner that helps family caregivers keep the person they love at home and avoiding the institutionalization. So to do that, uh, one of the things we have is two adult day healthcare centers where we focus on our most vulnerable seniors and give our family members a, a break in the action while we deal with the healthcare issues and, and social issues that the seniors have. We provide in-home respite uh, to give family members a break in the action in their homes. Uh, it could be three, four, five, eight hours a week. And uh, we have a home modifications program where we do ramps, grab bars, and, and so on. And uh, we're also very excited uh, that we're the Aging and Disability Resource Center. They call it the Nevada Care Connection Resource Center for all of Southern Nevada. And we provide family caregivers and persons seeking assistance with long-term services and supports, making decisions, managing family caregiver issues. Uh, so we provide that safety net of resources uh, to, uh, to four counties, Clark, Lincoln, Nye, and Esmeralda. So uh, I always say uh, uh, most of the population of the state and about a third of the geography. And, and, and as our senior population grows and our, our retirement community grows and that aging population grows here in, in our community as well as communities all across the nation, uh, they're faced with the same challenges that your clients are seeing, your families are seeing. They depend on your care. They, if, they, if they're not in memory care, they're not in a senior living community, which obviously we know is quite expensive, um, they depend on your daily services, which are incredibly important on a daily, weekly basis. But now we're dealing with an unknown. We're dealing with a pandemic, the coronavirus, which has just rocked our country. It's rocked our communities. Tell me what you're dealing with in your own, uh, in your own circumstance, in your own community there, and, and how you're dealing with it. You're able to stay open and serve your clients. How are you doing that? I wish I knew. We have the best staff in the universe. Uh, our floor aides who are on the front line of all of this, uh, we haven't lost a one. 
and uh, they're just an amazing group of people and our senior management staff. Uh, essentially, what we've had to do is uh, isolate the facility in a lot of ways. So visitors don't come and go like they used to. And instead, uh, even when a caregiver is going to drop their loved one off, uh, they can only come to the door and we have a staging area and we screen the, uh, the person to make sure that they haven't had any contacts and their family caregiver has contacts. And we check their vitals uh, before we let them in. And then an aide brings that uh, senior to their, uh, their seat in the, uh, in the main room. And so we, we've uh, really uh, screened off. Uh, we take no outside visitors. We have increased the space between clients, some of which has been made easy by the fact that we've had a large drop-off in census. Uh, the drop-off is just the combination of things. Uh, as businesses in town shut down, family caregivers were able to keep their loved one at home with them. That, that's a positive. But the flip side is there's a lot of fear about being out in the world and near other people. So uh, we, we have the people who are still coming are the people with few alternatives. And uh, we use that opportunity to open up the geography so that uh, clients aren't as close to each other. And, uh, and so that our staff has the freedom to move and also have less uh, immediate contact with a lot of them. You're you're dealing with you're dealing with clients, families who under uh, they're under a lot of emotional stress, a lot of physical stress. Those who still have jobs, which as we know, a lot of people are losing their jobs right and left. But those who do have jobs, who do have to go to work and have no alternative for their loved ones, um, how are you assuring them that their loved ones are staying safe in a daily daycare environment like yours? One of the things we do is we give them virtually daily updates about everything that's going on in our world and what we're doing. So they have a list not only of our precautions, but things that are happening around us. Uh, second, they've all noticed uh, the change in spacing that I mentioned. Uh, our nursing staff does an amazing job of monitoring the health of their loved ones, but also checking in with the family caregiver and our social work staff uh, are doing friendly calls to those caregivers who are not coming in. So if somebody uh, arrives by RTC paratransit, for instance, we are doing uh, check-in calls with the family caregivers to see how they're doing. Can we offer them any assistance? Can we offer them any emotional relief? Uh, are they depressed? Are they... Uh, do they need help with resources? Can we plug them into food and nutrition if they're uh, at home? So we, we try to, to look at all the social determinants that uh, might cause them to crash and burn and see if we can't find an off-ramp for that. You, you care for approximately 80 to 100 clients, is that right, in your two centers that you run daily? We have 80 in our Northwest Las Vegas site, and we have, uh, we're licensed for 70 in our Henderson site, but we really only run about 45 or 50 there on an average day. Our Jones site is usually pretty full. Mm. 
And then you've got a, you've got some live-in seniors, senior apartments uh, that you also, that's 24 seven, correct? They live correct. on site. Yes, we have a small number or we have six uh, independent living uh, senior apartments on campus and we keep a close eye on those folks as well. What's the best advice that you can give for caregivers who are caring for elderly parents, loved ones, uh, maybe from a distance, and they're worried about their parents who live alone, they're isolated, maybe they don't have a situation like yours where they've got someone checking in on them, constantly caring for them. What, uh, what are some of the safeguards uh, right now that people can be taking for their parents that are living in their own senior apartments, in their own situations? Well, there are a lot of things people can do to try to, first of all, maintaining connectivity, speak often on the phone. Another thing they can do to give themselves some reassurance, they can call an organization such as ours, they can get uh, support and we will look in on mom or we will look in on dad. We have a care management system uh, to do that and then report back to the family member if they're uh, at a distance uh, to make sure that they know that mom is okay or dad is okay. We can provide uh, help with telephony. I hate to use that word, but uh, today the, uh, the telephone and computers offer opportunities for technical connectivity, uh, everything from FaceTime to Zoom calls, and we'll help family caregivers organize those things so that they can see mom face to face or dad face to face and, uh, and assure themselves that they are as connected with the person they love as they can and they're assured that they're safe and in good health. And the other thing we'll do is wellness checks. So if somebody lets us know uh, that they have that concern, uh, we'll, in, in, at this moment, we will we'll initiate a wellness check and make sure that mom or dad is, is safe and okay. So for, for folks who are listening in on this podcast uh, around the country, even around the world, because obviously this is, a, this is a, a global pandemic right now, and so many people are fearful, um, uh, what would you suggest to them um, to seek out organizations like yours, uh, groups like yours, uh, resources? In every part of the United States, uh, through the federal government, there are what are known nationally as Aging and Disability Resource Centers. Uh, here in Nevada, it's called the Nevada Care Connection, and, and we were, the, as I mentioned, the Southern Nevada site. They can go online. They can find the Aging and Disability Resource Center in the community where mom and dad is and say, this is our situation. Can you help us? And then they will plug them into all, a whole range of long-term services and supports uh, in, that will uh, give them the opportunity uh, to ensure that uh, there's a range of resources available to the person they love and that they get feedback so that they can have comfort about uh, the fact that services are being made available. That's got to be reassuring to a lot of people that do caregiving long distance. And I, I can only imagine, and I applaud the folks who do that. Uh, I've known quite a few people, even here locally, friends, who've tried to take care of their parents long distance. I, I don't even know how to begin to do that. I, I helped take care of my mom 
who you knew, Jeff, you and I have been friends for quite a while now, um, and you took care of, of your parents, in-laws, hands-on. I, I can't even imagine trying to do it long distance. It's got to be challenging, stressful, emotionally depleting to worry about a loved one that you're not in touch with and seeing day to day and worry about their health and their well-being, especially when they're too scared to go out and get their own groceries or seek medical help or connection to their neighbors. You know, they're, they're fearful at this time. You're absolutely right. It's emotionally debilitating and stressful and uh, it creates enormous apprehension in people and guilt and guilt and um, managing that it's it's not a very productive emotion but unfortunately we all have it we do um now we were talking earlier and you were saying that you've had to repurpose some of your staff because you've had a little bit of fall off in clients those who families who've decided to keep their loved ones at home and not bring them to uh, daily daycare services so you've repurposed your staff to a respite care and also some in-home caregiving support um, tell us about that and how that's helping at-home caregivers. Uh, on the respite side, one of the things we've done is we've tried to connect our aid staff who already knew somebody who was coming here every day to uh, the person that they might have otherwise been taking care of and arrange for the opportunity for a respite visit. And so... Uh, that works out quite nicely because the uh, the senior already knows the person, is used to seeing them every day, and uh, so it's a very pleasant surprise to get a, a visit, which we've prearranged with somebody they know. Uh, beyond that, there are there are some folks that are so fearful that the respite visit doesn't work very well. So what they do is uh, we set up a buddy call and they can speak to that same care aid over the phone. And that's one way of repurposing the care aid as well. So they get to call somebody they would have seen today who's not here and get on the phone with them for a while and have a social moment. And, and by the way, uh, the aides are all so connected, just like our social workers are uh, and nurses to the clients that I think it's a healthy thing for them as well. Uh, to re re remain feeling valuable to somebody who they know and they care about. And and do you do your uh, staff, your aides, your nurses, your caregivers, do they have any uh, reservations about being in contact with your clients, with the public right now, given the uncertain nature of coronavirus and how it's transmitted and what, what are the feelings about that? Because you're not only caring for your clients, you're caring for your staff. And you got a lot of people to worry about right now, Jeff. Oh, for sure. And they're scared stiff. Uh, and I think that's an understatement. Uh, they worry about themselves. They worry that they're going to bring the virus home from here to somebody else they love. Uh, their children, their parents, their spouse, uh, some of their friends, whoever they have contact with. Uh, it's a huge burden and uh, the offset for the staff that are here is their commitment uh, to the clients. But uh, we're having daily meetings. Uh, every day at 1130, I gather up everyone and, uh, and we talk about 
what's going on and what we're doing and uh, people's feelings. And those who can work remotely, uh, our IT person who's amazing, uh, is setting up different members of the staff to be able to do some of these things remotely from their homes. And that's been add up in a short period of time. It's been quite a challenge, but uh, 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 it's an exciting thing to see. And I, I think telecommuting and virtual connection and communication has really come uh, full circle here. I mean, I mean, we've really, I think a lot of us have learned a lot in how to do our jobs, maybe mainly, you know, maybe not for, in the office, but from the comfort of our living rooms, but it's challenging. It's a challenging time and it's a time of trust. People really are scared, but they have to trust that in, in the human connection. And there is so much support in the human connection and, and that's what everybody's telling us to not practice. And that's what's so hard with seniors who they wanna hug and caregivers are so nurturing and that's part of the, the component that we're being asked to take out of the scenario right now. And I, I just, how do, you, how do you practice that at a time of such uncertainty when it's, it's such a necessary daily part of your existence? It's one part uh, speaking to the spirits of people that are already there. So uh, we really try to practice and preach uh, some principles of maintaining connectivity, human to human connectivity. So uh, on the phone calls and the Skype visits and so on, you know, the first thing is to find the joy uh, because you don't want anybody's world, either our family caregivers, our clients or our own staff to gray out. So we want to find the color and the joy, look for, look for the connect connections, um, maintain the connections, work on the things that they all already were there. I always take, say to people, do something wonderful for yourself and for the people that we're interacting with. Uh, find something that you think would really lift your spirits and it'll probably lift theirs. And then activities. Uh, we try to organize activities. Reminiscences are, are really good, particularly with the, our uh, clients who have dementias but all clients reminiscing uh, and then trying while they're doing things to, to practice good health habits while they're even on the phone. Ask somebody to bring a bottle of water to the phone with them and stay hydrated while they talk to us. Uh, ask them what they, they'd like in terms of doing something that evening or the next day so that they're looking forward to things. If there's an in-home family caregiver there, try to find activities that they can do together whether it's reading or family games or sometimes something spiritual. Uh, so many uh, faith-based organizations have gone virtual and are doing services and, and providing all sorts of activities from their congregations on the web. And if somebody's got that spiritual connection, we really encourage them to maintain it. Uh, and it's that constant working at it to try to get the spirits up both of the person who's delivering the service. It's awfully hard to be worried about yourself when you're worrying about somebody you love. And, uh, and if you're uh, one of our caregivers, our family caregivers, you're very worried about the person you love uh, to the point where you deny yourself. So we want them to mm -hmm. 
take care of themselves. And we practice the same thing for our staff here. Uh, talking to our, our social workers about their feelings, talking to me, talking to their supervisors, airing it all out. Right, absolutely. And, and, and uh, just one last bit of advice for home caregiving, maybe family members who are afraid to be around their elderly parents or loved ones, should they isolate their family members? What do you think is the best advice there? Should they alter their routines? It's a, it's a very personal decision, but that said, if you can uh, isolate with the person you love, and that doesn't mean necessarily quarantine, it just means staying at home. Uh, if you can isolate with somebody that you love and find meaning and reminiscence and uh, engagement in that, I think that's a tremendous, while stressful, it's just tremendously rewarding. And when we do those check-in calls, it's amazing uh, what we hear. Somebody will tell us teary-voiced that they were sitting with mom or dad. Uh, they've been doing it day in, day out. And all of a sudden, they heard a story that they never heard before in all their life. A real, something that lifted them up or something they didn't know about mom or something they didn't know about dad. So this is an opportunity and so to the extent that people can get comfortable with it, uh, you know, I, I say avoid as much outside exposures as you can, but inside that home, connect up, love up, and uh, in, enjoy the experience of, uh, that you might never have had. Uh, take it as a positive. Uh, it's a chance to spend time to really get to know somebody that you might not know as well as you think you do and my last question is do you think we should try to explain this to our seniors uh, maybe who aren't completely uh, aware of all the worldly events going on day to day or just kind of take that uh, on case by case what's your advice there i think case by case but the other thing is i i, I would not you don't want to agitate someone but by the same token, you don't want to isolate them from the world. Either they hear things, they watch TV, or they hear you watching TV, and it creates uh, concerns. So I think simple, straightforward conversation uh, without overhyping it will go a long way to having people settle in and, uh, and be more comfortable with, which, with what is a very difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know it's a very, very stressful time. You're under a lot of duress. You're handling it so well. And I can't thank you enough for what you take on to take care of our seniors and especially for the caregivers who depend on you, uh, not only in a, a normal day-to-day <laughs> situation life occurrence but wow in something like this where we're navigating in the unknown territory and it changes daily just want to say personally thank you if um if my mom were still here i would say i i would feel she would be in very good hands with you and your staff and i wish you all the best and uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us and give us give us your thoughts and and advice so best of luck jeff 
uh, as you navigate the next few weeks, months, however long this is with us. If you have questions or you need advice, you can reach out to nevadaseniorservices.org or you can email me at helpthecaregiver at gmail.com and I can try to connect you to senior services where you live. You can also reach out to your state's Department of Aging and Disability. It's an uncertain time and we have to protect those who depend on us for their care and right now for their life or death needs. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Be healthy.